Hello, this is Patrick, and it's time for Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Brought to you by thepracticalherbalist.com and sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, your source for high-quality, organic, bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. Visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Today we're going to do something a little bit different, and that is we're going to move our uh, herbal news section up to the front because we thought it was a great intro for our topic today. And the news article that we're talking about is from March uh, of this year, and it's the thousand-year-old onion and garlic eye remedy kills MRSA. And what was great about this is that this is a recipe that was out for you know a millennia, and now science is actually scientists are actually taking this recipe, testing it, and adjusting it, or you know testing it to see. Uh, if it actually works, and, and lo and behold, it it actually works, and that's the great part. So, what we want to do is talk about our show, or talk about on our show today, uh, ancient remedies that we know of that we know that work. So, without further ado, it's time for Real Herbalism Radio with your hosts Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter, and I'm Sue Sierra Lupe, and, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Radio. One of the first questions I have is, what is in that giant super MRSA killing remedy in there? It's just a pot of deliciousness. Well, aside yeah. from, you know, awesome onion and garlic, which, you know, we all know is good for colds, uh, it has to be made in a, in a brazen pot, which I believe is a bronze pot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the other things is ingredients from a cow's stomach, mm. which... Um, as we know, I, I guess I think Candice had said something about you know cow stomachs are pretty antibacterial in general. Yeah, they would be. They would have a lot of herbs from the field that would be really antibacterial, yeah. antiviral. Section of the of the cow stomach itself. Yeah, like a hefty swab, and that's oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I, it, bile salts that kill the bacteria would be in there. Copper kills bacteria. Yeah, on its own, you know, kind of like silver does. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And then, of course, the garlic family in general is... Yeah, there's a lot of antibacterial power in yeah. onions and garlic. And right. it didn't just kill the uh, bacteria. It killed a, a problematic it bacteria for us. It isn't that what Super you said? Super MRSA. Super MRSA. Yeah. With its cape and everything. <laughs> Flapping in the wind. It's just yes. like she said, no capes. No capes. No capes. So this recipe came from Bald's Leech Book, which many... Uh, think is one of the first medical textbooks that are available and it's from the anglo-saxon period of time in england mm-hmm. uh and they when they century. yeah what's that i, I read here 19th century oh it's got to be more than that anglo-saxon yeah. ninth century <laughs> ninth sorry century. Ninth. thank you yeah. yeah yeah so pre-medieval times pre-everything <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah when yeah. english wasn't even actually spoken like it like we watch it on game of thrones yeah i'm pretty sure that <laughs> that's probably one of the oldest european or western ones but i think china's got stuff going back even further don't they um they might but obviously you know but this one's pretty i mean that's an amazing validation well, yes. yeah, this one doesn't include rhino horn or, you know, shark's fin or some other really weird thing that seems like every Chinese herbal oh. recipe I come across, it's got some weird thing in it, you know? <laughs> you need a locust foot. <laughs> well, they have a lot more integration between uh, 
animal parts and plant parts in traditional Chinese medicine. Right. Yeah. And um, we we as herbalists tend to focus on the the plant parts, but to be fair, one of the things that is commonly called Jewish penicillin, which is chicken noodle soup, mm-hmm. that clearly has some some animal parts in it, and it we do have studies that prove that chicken noodle soup is also really good against the flu, and it mm-hmm. helps your immune system, and they're, they've actually analyzed chicken yeah. noodle soup. What are some of the ingredients that are usually in... That are that are usually in a chicken soup that are also the antibacterial or anti germy chewy <laughs> junk. <laughs> the the crud out. <laughs> uh, well, the starchy plants are commonly in it, but what we think of as being the real thing that helps loosen your congestion would be like thyme and sage. Garlic is normally in a chicken soup, and. One of the things that, you know, here I am, the the token vegetarian Mm -hmm. here, is they did some studies and found out that, in fact, vegetable soup as well helps out. Mm -hmm. You know, so you've just got this plant broth of it's warm, it feels good on the throat, so it's easy to take. And I put turmeric in mine, which is not a traditional medicine for Western medicine. Do you use dry or do you use fresh? If I got fresh, usually I, if I got fresh, it's sitting in the freezer, and then right, I grate yeah. it. No. Yeah, we usually grate ours and then freeze it. Yeah, yeah. It's easier to grate that but, way. But There's always <laughs> dried turmeric. Yeah. Always dried turmeric. So that makes it pretty nice. And, some t- and I love ginger. My husband mm-hmm. can't stand ginger. I he like ginger now. It. When I was younger, though, if I had ginger, I would have like instant overheating like break out mm-hmm. a sweat from ginger yeah chili peppers not so much so but ginger but ginger ginger was your yeah. deal yeah it was bad for me for a few years there but now it's really good yeah ginger's so good at just for your circulation and your digestion everything that when mm-hmm. you're having a, a, a attack of the flu or a cold you need all of those things that ginger offers but normally we're just talking like onions and sweet potatoes which are just so nutritionally dense anyway and of course, uh, parsley and and um, items like that. But the, the Mediterranean plants are commonly what we use right. for spicing it up. So, so that's really good for So you for got your thyme, your sage, system. rosemary, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. What about parsley? Yep, parsley, yep, yep. High vitamin C. Super yummy. Well, nice. also celery would be one. Celery, sure, yes. The interesting thing is that there was actual study in um, chest in uh, 2007 mm-hmm. regarding chicken soup. Uh-huh. And they have an actual recipe that's available on their website that they studied. And they couldn't find one ingredient that necessarily did it. Uh-huh. But as the, on the whole... The broth. The broth, the whole concoction right. did it. Yeah. So again, here, just like that ancient recipe, it wasn't just the onion. Uh-huh. And it wasn't just you know the garlic, but it was the onion and the garlic and the brazen pot and the bovine things right. and this and this and the... And, yeah. That Synergy all, between, yeah, yeah, that all work together to do it versus the one-off, the right? One thing. right. Which so makes sense because we're we as human beings come from an omnivorous background, so we're used to eating all kinds of different. We graze, and right. we you know we'll eat whatever is in front of us. So our bodies are designed to have a diverse diet. So why wouldn't our bodies also be designed to take as much? Uh, harvest from a diverse diet, including what's good for our circulation, what's good for our immune system, etc. Right. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. 
I think Darwin would agree with us here. So chicken soup wasn't the only one that we were interested in today that was good for flu, flus and colds. The Four Thieves vinegar is another oh, one yes. that's you know great for killing off the plague. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Oh wait, would that be a pun? Which is interesting. Yeah, the Four Thieves vinegar has been one of our really, really popular recipes mm-hmm. and articles on our website for on the practical yeah herbalist. on the practical herbalist Forever. website for years. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I think it's just you know it's a simple recipe, but boy, people want it. Yeah. Well, that's because it's got so many different uses. You know, it's a really great disinfectant, and people have been known to take a spoonful of it to, mm-hmm. if they want to gargle, if they've got cruddies in their mouth and throat, or um, people that have ulcers, like sometimes I'll take a spoonful of it, mm-hmm. even though I make mine incredibly pungent. I mean, I, I brew my Four Thieves vinegar until it's a dark brown. You know, nice. it's, it's pulled everything <laughs> out of it. And when I pour those herbs out, they're just, you know, they're pale shadows of themselves. <laughs> but not everybody is. Sometimes they're just trying to get the smell of it, and, and right. that's good enough for them. You know, they don't have to be as hardcore. But the Four Thieves vinegar, it, it's useful for so many things. Yeah, what was in that one? There's lavender... And yarrow. Yep. Isn't rosemary? And then rosemary. I mean, there's a whole bunch of, you go to different cultures and there are different varieties of it. Uh, Garlic is put into some, uh, yeah, like you said, lavender and a a type of artemisia, whether that be mugwort or southerwood or uh, one of the other, something that is in the mugwort family there. Right. That's a, a very wormwood. And wormwood is, is another seen. one. Oh, you don't want to be eating it if you put wormwood in it. Ugh. That would be bad. Well, and it's just so horribly bitter, which a lot of times for people that have digestive problems, getting a bitter is exactly what they need just a little spoonful of that bitter to start their digestive juices going. So, but that recipe is on our website as well, practically. Right. So, on our, our recipe is one part lavender flowers, one part sage leaves. One part rosemary leaves and one part mugwort aerial parts. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's our aerial parts for the rest of us? Oh, okay. Aerial <laughs> parts. Whatever grows above the ground. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that I, yeah, it was well. Then okay. I mean, I'm just used to be the funny guy here. Uh-huh. Why isn't then it rosemary aerial parts and you know thyme aerial parts instead of we were so very specific when we said well, leaves did, versus yeah because you don't necessarily want the sticks in there. Okay. When you're brewing it, I will put the whole stock in, but okay. um, some a lot of times people aren't growing it from the bush. They're buying rosemary in the store, so they're going to be if they're if you're buying it, you're buying rosemary leaves. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just curious because yeah. I, I never heard of when mugwort is, parts before. <laughs> mugwort, mugwort's not really a common herb. I mean, it's commonly in our garden, but you don't really buy it right. for the most part. Yeah, you would part. Yeah. You to would me. buy it. Yeah, you can buy it it's, online. Um, one of our mm-hmm. our sponsors, for example. Yeah, I know uh, you can. Herbs. I know you can get it, it online. Yeah. but it, it's not it's not really inedible. I mean, it sort of is, but yeah. you got to be really careful with it. Ugh, it yeah. is so bitter. It's yeah. <laughs> well, Speaking from experience, I can't remember. I know wormwood is one of the ones that if you take too much of it, it turns into a poison in your system. Uh-huh. It just there's I can't remember which constituent it is, but too much of it is bad for you. Well, keep in mind and, that that family that's the absinthia. Yeah, the exactly uh, you the make absinthe. absinthe out of it. <laughs> yeah, and I've tried. Uh, well, it's not. It wasn't legally made, but absinthe that you're not supposed to have in this country. And I know someone that made some. Like you've got to try this. You're an herbalist, Sue. And it's this kind of odd green, mm-hmm. uh, fairly cloudy. You mean absinthe? Yeah, yeah absinthe. The so real they, thing. The, the real, real thing. It's legal now. 
But isn't it legal oh, yeah. now? Okay, all right, true believers, don't worry. I'm not breaking any laws. <laughs> so I take a. I think it might want to be because that stuff would taste terrible. I mean, I took a little sip of it yeah. and I thought, okay, the top part of my head is just going to have to take separation from the lower part because this mm-hmm. is not a good mix. It was hardcore. Yeah, well, it is. We made mugwort beer one year and oh. I took a couple sips and I could tell right away that it was going to go straight to my head so it's not a good idea. Right. Yeah. Someone else I know drank the whole pint. Oh. Oh my God. Yeah, that's like drinking a case of beer. Worst yeah. hangover ever. And that ever. was okay. awful. I haven't drank it since. No. Um, In fact, I still have some mugwort beer from that batch. It's been, what, It's really good. Years. We should try it. It tastes amazing, but... Um, with the absinthe, you know, you, there is a certain way you drink it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't just... I just took a little sip. Yeah, you don't do that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, when yeah, I've had it, it's, so. you know, there's a, there's a whole thing. So. Yeah. My body communicated Sorry. very clearly to me that that was not the thing that should be in my mouth. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, like we said, if if you're going to take herbs or do any kind of herbal treatment and if your body doesn't like it, right. nine times out of ten, you shouldn't be having it. Yes, for sure. <laughs> you know? For sure. Ooh. That was brutal. We'll just go back to Valerian with Sue. Yeah. <laughs> Valerian. Valerian. It's very effective. Okay, it so on our, on our, on our uh, list back of Back to the list. So Four Thieves, that one's an easy one to make. I yes. mean, pretty much, if you want to do it the super lazy Candace way, you take all your herbs, you stuff them in a canning jar, you top them off with a lot of vinegar, and you close mm-hmm. it up and... Let it stand for a good while. That's why I make it too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I it's don't perfect. separate anything out. I just stick them all in one jar because I'm too lazy to have four jars. Right. Which you know is lame, but it's but you perfect. could also do it as four separates and blend them together in parts you later. Could. I suppose you could. I I'd do it had. in a big huge thing, just enough to put into a wine bottle. Yeah, as I say, that's how I store mine in yeah. a wine bottle. Yeah, yeah. and it. You just, and then you let it stand for a couple of months, right? Yep. And then after I strain it up, then and that's why I like to use the wine bottle. Um, to store it in after mm-hmm. it's been strained is that the wine bottle has color, yeah. So it helps preserve the it. glass, yeah. So it helps preserve all the constituents that might be light light sensitive. Yep, inside that makes of sense. The vinegar, yeah. yeah. And then you usually use it as a um, you dilute it. Yeah, so I'll, you're I'll going to use a couple a splash and yeah. my mop water or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like and a quarter cup or something like that. Yeah, a few and tablespoons. It's it's nice because if you're using it for cleaning, like like we do, for example, if mm-hmm. you want to add something else, for instance, a bay leaf, I will throw the bay leaf into the mop water too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, I'm cooking it up too because it's antiseptic, and it's sometimes in uh, Four Thieves vinegar recipes. But it's easy to fish out a bay leaf. Oh, yeah. Little rosemary leaves? No, uh -uh, uh -uh, not uh -uh. so easy. And thyme leaves, even worse. The worst. Yeah. Yeah, thyme leaves, if you put them in your mop water, they're going to be on your floor. Yeah. Yeah, you're just and stuck in your mop forever. Anti-cleaning, yeah. So let's. What was else on so our blue lovely... green decoction? That was something you oh, came yeah. up with. That blue Campo. green dragon, blue green dragon. dragon decoction. So I have this wonderful book that I've been enjoying. It's a Japanese herbal medicine, uh, the healing art of Campo, which is the traditional term for uh, Japanese medicine. And what I was enjoying looking through is the history of many of these traditional Japanese formulas that have been used for um, oftentimes centuries. And this one in particular caught my eye because it's very useful for a common illness, which is influenza A. And it's something, not only can you take it when you um, have the illness, but you can also take it if you've just been exposed to it. You can take it, it says here, four to seven days before the infection. Nice. So if you just suspect 
that so you you've can just been, drink this all winter. <laughs> sure, just, yeah. yeah, and it does have uh, cinnamon in it, so it's not it's not too horrible. It's got the the ginger, a couple of other things. What else Peony, does it have in it? Um, licorice. Um, let's see. It does have ephedra, and I know that ephedra is one of those things that you can't really buy it on its own. But we certainly grow it in this country, right? Is it is ephedra more a more tropical? No, it, it, it like grows in the it grows in the in the okay. deserts. It's the one that okay. you um, the ephedra that's legal to get in this country, not the sinensis, but there's a couple of other species for ephedra. It is one that you in this country it, we get it from Utah or you know deserty places. What would ephedra be likely to be doing in that formula? It, it helps clear the bronchioles. Okay. Yeah, and that's what in so you Asian could, medicine you're using you could, ephedra is it for. A, was, is ephedra like a heating, warming sort of herb? I wonder if you could substitute elecampane for it. Oh. That's what I was just thinking about. Because elecampane clears the bronchial passages, yeah. is commonly used for asthma, mm. is a gen- generally considered a heating sure. and an opening herb, so it increases circulation yeah. and it opens your breathing passages. And it's a weedy plant in this uh, neck of the woods, the Pacific Northwest. So and it's totally legal. Totally Everywhere legal. in this country. <laughs> and the roots are huge. So you, you got it. You might as well use it. It also has shisandra in it. Uh, which in this book it says prevents leakage of lung energy, whatever that might be. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's a good explanation if I was to read a little bit more. But mainly what it's doing is loosening your the muscle layers and then pulling out those congestive fluids. That makes sense. Yes, yeah. and nourishing your immune system. So that's one of the, and then they put the licorice in there. And again, I'm quoting from the book. Balances the effects of acrid and sour herbs in this formula and generally increases energy. It's just the way that that Asian medicine phrases things and they have their own vision of of health and balance. I I sometimes find poetic the way it's written. It is. To me, it often makes a lot more sense than what science is talking about. Uh Because science always, it's like deconstruct it down to the point where you're looking at what does a cell do? And I'm like, that's not a whole being. Mm -hmm. That's just a cell, people. Come on. Microcosm (laughs) of the macrocosm. Uh Yeah, but they don't talk about the energies and how the energy flow is going. Well, um, it's like they want to break it apart. I think both are valid, though. They are. I think they're both they important. Are. We can agree on that one. But the studies that this particular formula, they have, like, the, the things that we really like in science is the double blind test with 200 participants. It's right. not just like four nice of your number. closest friends. Right. It's, it's truly, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're looking at, at excellent studies, the well, well constructed studies. And so I, I always like looking at that one. The antihistamine, and it helps. Um, Sometimes people also use it for uh, allergic inflammation, if you, like pollen oh, okay. and things like that for your nose and for your eyes. Yeah, again, elecampane, I think, would be an excellent substitution for ephedra because that's. Yeah. I've been using elecampane this season for helping to deal with preventing the worst of the clogginess in my sinuses, and it's been working. Mm-hmm. I love elecampane. Yeah. What a beautiful, sunny plant. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, we'll have um, references to that one as well. In yes. our show notes. You can get ephedra, apparently, from big Chinatowns, like San Francisco's Chinatown films. Yep. As long as you don't necessarily say you're using it for medicine, mm-hmm. you they'll sell it to you, not a problem. Yes. And so, if you go to a traditional Chinese herbal healer, then mm-hmm. they can you can get it from there, too. Right. And yeah. in, in, um, I was just happy to be reading something as you guys were talking about it. And if you, um, it's never, you know, in Chinese medicine, ephedra is never given by itself. Mm-hmm. It's right. Always it's always part of many things. And, um, you know, so again, it's that people taking that one thing 
and yeah. abusing it. And then that's the, the part of science in. that frustrates me because right. they always want to eliminate, think, make things into little constituents. Like this chemical is the only reason the flower works or this medicine works. I'm like, no, it's the whole flower. That's why it works. Well, and right. that's you that's know. part of the the older way that that science was put together. But mm-hmm. now, like they're learning about forest systems and how the plants are quote unquote communicating to each other and the importance of fungi mm-hmm. in this. So the synergetic energy is is acknowledged, and we have science yeah. behind it. It's and also keep in to, mind, yeah. we're looking at from the American science version, which the FDA says, if you give me one herb or one chemical, one chemical from that herb, and show me how that one chemical works, then okay, I will validate it. That's American, yeah. but not, not in other parts of the world. For example, what we have in front of us on the table here is the complete German e- com- uh, Commission E, and it's this huge book, and they mm-hmm. do have um, the diff- the individual herbs mentioned, and and a bunch of science behind why you know proof right. that it has been it does work, and here's why. But I also have formulas together. Some things like I'm looking at the valerian and hops formulas, uva ursi, goldenrod, and java tea formulas. And then they talk about how these plants work together as a good formula. So that's a European right. version of the same science that right. everyone has to acknowledge. It's just that we here in America have that, give me that one thing, tell me that one thing. And right. that's, that's part of our culture we see in other things, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of insipid in the, in, it becomes a problem for us as a society. Yeah, you I know? think so. It, it, we have that either or mentality, right? Yeah, and it's not black and white. No, I it's mean, not. No. Yeah. Yeah, and and we're slowly learning. Right. We're slowly learning, and you see the the ripple effects in in everything, politics, and the way we're handling um, a children, and you know, parenting mm-hmm. is no longer well. There's only one solution to deal with this child. You know, you feed them milk and you whoop them good, and then you send them to bed <laughs> by eight. We just don't buy that anymore. Right. So we're right. starting to slowly have that evolution, right. and that naturally it affects the way that we're doing medicine as well. So what else was on our little list? Well, we were going to talk about Tiger Balm. And yes. actually, there's two different formulas of Tiger Balm, and the original one is for colds and flus, really. Oh, more really? Than, more than for muscle aches and that sort of thing. I, oh. white, white Tiger Balm doesn't include the cinnamon and cassia, which is the heating herbs, uh-huh. essentially, sure. in Tiger Balm. And it's an awful lot like Vicks Vapo Rub or you know that white mentally chest rub that your right. mom pasted across your neck and chest anytime yes. you had a cold and worked which actually worked and worked which worked yep. and it did i mean we we've got it our also various... works on foot fungus by the way it does yes. and it's it's not it's not that it's not for the, the muscles and stuff because uh-huh. it certainly is like just like ben gay and many of those other ones i mean it does help your muscles release tension and right. relax and it, it's got a lot of the same stuff as the red formula does. right yeah yeah but it's just the older formula mm-hmm. that one came from like the 1870s it was taken out of the chinese emperor's court apparently by some chinese emperor herbalist guy and he started selling it huh. and he was he had been the apparently an, an herbalist in the emperor's court i guess mm-hmm. and, and left his job gave his walking papers i'm not sure wow and went off and started making and selling this himself and taught his sons how to sell it how to make it and sell it and Mm -hmm. eventually their sons were the ones that turned tiger balm into the product we know today 
Interesting. Or something similar to something what we know. Something similar, or, yeah. Because the original formula would not have been a petroleum-based product oh, no, like what they're no. selling now. What did they use? I couldn't find information on what they used, but I've got to believe it was going to be beeswax combined with some oils. Sure, yeah. So we, I, we've got a formula for both red and white tiger balms mm-hmm. on the pra- Practical Herbalist now. And um, in both of those, in the formulas for tiger balm itself, it's a lot of essential oils. Half the formula is essential oils. Mm-hmm. And then the other half is the beeswax and oil. But you're only making a little bit. You're making, right? yeah. And the An formula we've got is ounce. to make two ounces. Okay. Small. So it's not horribly expensive. Right. Um, and then I included... Um, calendula oil for the white one Hmm. and St. John's wort oil for the red one. Because I feel that having your oil not have herb infused in it is Mm -hmm. kind of wasteful. Yeah, and calendula is just it's such a great herb in general. The the way that it works on your skin and the antiseptic properties that it has. It's drying and it's antiseptic and antibacterial. Yeah. So if you're in the the white formula, if you're pasting that on your neck, especially around your lymph nodes and Mm -hmm. through your chest and stuff because of a cold, the calendula should help the other herbs out in doing that. The herbs that are in in both formulas are, um, they, they list menthol, which is actually derived from corn mint, wild mint, mm-hmm. um, which is also called mentha or venice. Is this the menthol crystals that they have in there? Um, yeah, I think that's what those okay. would be, the menthol right. crystals. And Boy, in our are- formula, I used corn mint for the essential oil okay, because it's cheap and it's easy to get. Ah, Menthol crystals sometimes are easy to get and sometimes are not. And you have to store them, go. the menthol yeah, crystals be separately because if a kid gets into it, that's a real problem. Yeah, it is. And they're very strong. They have to yes. be in a really well-sealed container. Yeah. yeah, I had some at one point and I think I've used them all, but mm-hmm. I mean, they're great. They're great in incense. Mm-hmm. They're really wonderful for incense, yeah. but... I figured for practicality, corn mint essential oil is going to be a better way sure. to go. Much easier to store. You leave that that thing of uh, menthol crystals like I had mine in a bag. Oh, yeah. It like bag in a box. And it will eat through yeah, the plastic bag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe but it. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're potent <laughs> little mess. things. Little tip. Like <laughs> do not store in a plastic bag. Yeah. It's got to be in glass. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah, and I had the, uh, the other part of it was that it was plastic baggy that I'd put in a little tin. So that, oh, well, oh how yeah. smart am I? Yeah. And it started, I noticed it because it was leaking out of the seal <laughs> that had broken out of the tin. Oh, my God. Yuck. It was, yeah. Oh, you know, the so. thing is, with our recipes, too, that um, you know, Candace uh, formulated, um, there's no petroleum in it. Mm-hmm. It's it's there's no yeah. petrolatum or paraffin. It's a beeswax based uh, right. oil. Uh, Something or, our body you know. can't absorb. Yeah, it's totally. Healthy too. Which is which is nice, and and I like that a lot. And um, you mm-hmm. know, there's another product that we make called Dragon's Kiss that, that uses that similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, olive oil and, and beeswax are good for your skin. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. The Dragon's Kiss is a more complex formula than Tiger Balm, but it's yeah. the same principle, really. Right. I mean, it's, right. It's looking at Western herbs to do right. the same thing, but mm-hmm. um, is there going to be a link to for people yeah, we'll to buy have, that if is an option if they don't want to make it? Oh sure, okay, yeah, we can put that. We've got we can sell them, right? We don't even have to link to it on oh, the Practical Herbalist. You can buy it, okay, perfect in our store. 
Oh, can we? I, that means I have to add it to the store. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 look at that. I'll, I'll, call, oh, my, I'll call the web guy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, you know, that's uh, <laughs> a note to your... Uh, to people, if no you want to get so. people to do stuff, yeah. put them on Just the air, put it on the air, and, and, and commit them. <laughs> but see, the web guy is also the guy who can edit. Yes, he can. Yeah. Right, I'll dun, put that dun, part dun, out. Dun. <laughs> so the other things, though, that are in there, we've got kajaput and camphor in there, which are both from the. They're both um, relatives of eucalyptus and tea mm-hmm. tree. They're both melaleucas. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. And then the peppermint is the substitution for what tiger balm calls dementalized mint oil, mm. which from the research I did is typically derived from a peppermint stock. Okay. And I can't remember. There's some process, some steam distilling process that dementalizes it. Wow. I'm not sure why you would want to use dementalized and then add and menthol, then add menthol crystals. It? it seems odd to Maybe me. Maybe it's but if you're control. working, yeah, control yeah. or working with the be. petroleum product yeah. itself. When you're making yeah. that kind of quantity, you've got to have those specific ratios of specific things. Right. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably that could why be they do part it. Of it. That yeah. could be it. In our, re- in our recipes, it's peppermint oil. Because right. that's two ounce, so. fairly cheap and mm-hmm. easy to get. Very easy sense. to get. You know, and even though if you look at one of our recipes, especially one of these, and say, oh my God, look at all these oils. First of all, you're not going to use all of the bottle that when you buy it. So mm-hmm. the nice thing is you're going to have this for not only this recipe, but for many other recipes. I mean, True. So even though yeah. it may be initially a larger expense than you thought you were going to do just to make Tiger Balm or, mm-hmm. or a Target Balm-like thing, you're going to make a lot of other stuff with this, too. So yeah. it's more of an yep. investment to your, well. to your herbal yeah. cabinet than it is just to make right. this recipe. It's not mm-hmm. like you're, you know, you're making... Well, in this recipe, most of the recipes on the Practical Herbalist don't require heavy doses of essential oil. This one, the Tiger Balms, are almost 50% of the formula, right. according to the company's ratios, yeah. is essential oils, really. I mean, well, and, and obviously the reason they do that, too, is because um, you know most people are desensitized to... You know the effects of stuff on their skin. So you know mm. if they don't feel that really intense cooling or burning or warming sensation, well, then it's not working. Right. right. It's yeah, the yeah. same idea behind soap. You know, soap doesn't have to have suds, but people believe people it, are used right. to it cleans more better if there's more right. bubbles. bubbles. The more <laughs> bubbles, the better. Right? So yeah. yeah, it's that kind of same thing. It's that effect, you know. And I think some of the stuff, in, in for is my opinion, in commercial Tiger Balm is set there just to give the effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's doing something yeah, versus right. that it is actually doing something, but we need you to have a physical response to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, both the red and the whites have a heavy dose of clove too, which right. is very strongly numbing. Right. And I mean, they've got that's a lot of analgesic you know, properties. Yeah, it's like five percent clove oil in the red formula, which mm-hmm. is the one for muscles and joint pain, and right. it's the one that. Those of us who were introduced to Tiger Balm after the like ni- late 1970s, uh-huh. after Joe Montana made it famous, they we most of us have used a lot of the red formula, not okay. the original, because the I believe the white is not typically as popular. Oh. Like when I go to the Target right. to look at the Tiger Balms, the red one is there. I don't always see the white one. Yeah, we get so. the one that's the super formula, the one that if you get it near your face, then you mm-hmm. want to dig your eyes out. Yeah, you know, it's. You know, just yeah. put it on your hand, and then you go wash it's your hands immediately, strong. and yeah. make sure you get vinegar on there and everything. Right, that's the popular one. Yeah, and that yeah, one's that's... the one that's got the cassia in it, or in our formula, we use cinnamon leaf. Yes, I don't like cinnamon bark only because it's really bloody expensive. It is, and you do have to be really careful with how you use it. Whereas cinnamon leaf is more forgiving. Uh huh. So if you get an excess of cinnamon leaf on your skin, you're less likely to have it burn than nice. like really burn. 
blisters and everything than cinnamon bark will do. Oh, that's good to know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And some people have very sensitive skin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know. yeah. For the both of these formulas, I mean a lot of the, there's a lot of oil and beeswax which does a lot to buffer cinnamon and some of the other more hardcore hardcore essential oils. Right. But, you know, it's still a lot of essential oil. Mm-hmm. All right. We had a, a lemonade on our list we were going to talk about, too. Oh, yeah, the lemonade. That's our treat for today. <laughs> yes, it's, our, it's my, my ode to the allergy season. Oh, I've, I've got the allergies coming up hardcore. My voice probably sounds kind of scratchy and cruddy today uh, because of it. So Yet like, melodic. Yeah. It's sensual and sexy, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, I made up my lemonade, and the ginger, ginger and lemonade, or lemonade and lemon and mint, have been used for centuries as a throat tonic. As far back as ancient Egypt, they have documented documented uses of these two, and I believe it was used in ancient China as well mm-hmm. for supporting throats, sore throat, removing sore throat, and supporting. The throat, so that you know, people who are singers and actors and politicians and those who have to speak loudly regularly would you know use this formula, which is really just lemonade. Mm-hmm. In our case, I added some ginger and some mint to it, and I think I threw some rose hips and some Oregon honey because I happen to still have some left. Yummy and tasty. I, I tasted it. I can verify. That's it's good. Tasty. Yeah, yes. so that recipe will be up on the site too, just because what the heck. Yeah, and if you want, you guys all can. Add a little rum at the end. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the after <laughs> podcast cocktail. Yeah, definitely. Even things that uh, good for the stomach, the ginger chews and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Whorehound is uh, old fashioned recipe. Yeah. Whorehound, whorehound lozenges is a, if you go into places that have the really old time, yeah, uh, rem- old time pharmacy style. That's yeah. a cool name. Have, Whorehound. Whorehound, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have whorehound lozenges, and, yeah. and although they're not as delicious, but I mean, they're adding a whole bunch of, of uh, sugar to it. A lot of sugar to make whorehound A lot of sugar. Yes. I can it, tell you it's a lot, because I've made syrup with whorehound, and man, that's a lot of sugar. sugar. So are, these, are these the candies that solidify into a massive big ball on your grandmother's coffee table? No. Well, it depends on your grandmother. <laughs> but yeah, whorehound lozenges was something that we would have when we have a sore throat. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they they were just horrible enough that we didn't eat them as candy, but we were willing to keep it in our mouth. Right, right, mm-hmm. right, you know? right, right, right. Because yeah. my, my cousins had this great little trick where they would say, oh, I feel so much better. Now I go outside and then spit the... The candy out, and I thought that was great. Um, what I learned is not to put it between the cushions of a couch, mm. like because then someone finds You're out get later. Caught. And yes, you get so caught for that. Learn from the experts. So all there. you kitties out there, don't spit don't your whorehound lozenge into the couch to hide it. Correct. The other thing Go I learned: outside. some of these old tables have a kind of a, like a little shelf where you'd put the oh, leaf, yeah, extra the, leaf, the, the, yeah. oh, which yeah. seems initially like a great place to hide stuff yeah. you also don't want to eat. And I learned okay. that. It's not a good place to put things to. Probably not. It seemed great at the yeah, time. Yeah, because the can of whoop ass that opens up about ah, a month later yes. when mom finds it. Oh yes. <laughs> well, it's that it's it's the kid not you know kids not following through because as adults we would come back later. We know. Come, it's like, yeah, but no yeah. kids. Yeah, kids like, like oh, it's outside. Yeah, I don't mind. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> there is black holes and they live in this house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, gracious. 
So did we have any more formulas that we wanted to talk about? I think we've covered all the ones that I had on my list. Yeah, we have a whole bunch of cool recipes for allergies and things like that that I want to point out. They're free. They're on our website. You can check them out. Our folios have a bunch of different recipes, and um, every single folio has a couple of different recipes that are good cures. Uh, but take a look at, at under medical conditions. Take a look in our herbal r- library. Look in the recipes section themselves, and you're going to find a whole bunch of stuff that we have tried out ourselves. Right. You know, we're not just saying, oh, this sounds okay, but we've actually tried it out. And and so it's it's tested on animals, the animals being us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Careful for a second. And, I was like, huh? It's not animals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, humans are animals, even though many of us don't like to admit it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what's the name of our website again? Thepracticalherbalist.com. Very good. And we'll have links from Real Herbalism Radio show notes for this show. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's the, that's the hope. So I just want to uh, conclude by saying for other information, links, and resources that we mentioned on this program, check out our show notes on realherbalismradio.com. You can find recipes, how-tos, and more detailed information on the topics that we discussed on thepracticalherbalist.com. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by the Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at the Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Earlier today, we talked about the blue-green dragon decoction. And one of the questions I have for you, Sue, that I'd really like you to share your infinite wisdom on, what exactly (laughs) is a decoction and how does one go about making a decoction? Well, a decoction is a heavily brewed uh, extraction. So a lot of times we think of a tea uh, as being something you just pour water over some herbs, and, and that's called an infusion. Uh, right. However, a decoction would be something that you brew on the stove and you're extracting through heat. Uh, you normally you'd have a root or a bark or something that really holds on to, like coffee beans. Turkish coffee, for example, use a, de- uh, a, a decoction in order to brew out all of those heavy flavors. Sure, and the, the medium you're brewing them into would be water. Correct. Just straight well, up water, right? Yes, although I know a lot of other people use that term a little more loosely, and they might brew a uh, another item like, um, oh gosh. Vinegar? Uh, would you be a vinegar? Well, it would evaporate mm-hmm. so quickly, but I know syrups, yeah. glycerins, I've well, heard people those are, use it that way. You begin with a decoction, and then you add, you add the some stuff to, to turn it into a syrup yeah. or syrup, glycerin. Syrups right? often have a decoction base. Yes, yeah. Or if you're using something really... Yeah, so it, it's normally you've got normally it's a, a water base and you get it to to boil or get just hot enough so it's about to boil. It depends on what kind of herb you have, and you're pulling out the oils and the volatile organic compounds and other kind of chemicals that are specifically very dif- are held in tightly by the plant matter. Sure. So you're really cracking some hard cells there. Correct. Yeah. And are you going to cover this or not when you're brewing this? Well, some people leave it uncovered so they can smell it and know exactly when it's ready. 
Okay. So it can yeah, depend on the cook, sense. but a lot of people like traditional Chinese medicine practitioners will put a pot on it and they'll let it just get to a bowl and, and it can really vary from formula to formula. Sure, There's a lot sure. of wiggle room here. They put the lid on it and then they'll. some people will leave it on the heat and some people will take it off the heat and just let it steep in that depending on the type of vessel they have. Like if they have okay. a tough ceramic vessel or if they have a cast iron vessel, it, it, again, it can really vary wildly. Okay, but the essence of it is you stick your water in a pot, stick some roots or other herbs in a pot, mm-hmm. bring it up to the boil. Correct. And cover or don't cover as makes right. sense and to you. And you're cooking that stuff yeah. out of there. And it's not appropriate for light leaves. I'm thinking right. specifically of nettle leaf because it would just destroy the leaf. Right, unless, I mean, I've I've done it to get like minerals and that sort of thing out when I'm adding it to a syrup. Mm-hmm. Are you decocting it or are you brewing it? I've decocted it. Okay. I've thrown it in with the rose hips and the, you know, I'm right. just like, oh, I'm sick. I'm throwing everything in this pot at yeah. once. But I don't put things like yarrow flour. Flowers mm-hmm. I don't typically put in. Yeah, because some of those essential oils yeah. in the flowers or the flavonoids will just disappear if you're right. brewing it in yeah. a decoction. And those are made generally by the plant uh, to attract insects, etc. So it doesn't need to be in the plant for very long, just right. long enough to allow pollination. So deduction is more for things that are held on tightly right. by the plant itself. Roots, Coffees barks, and yeah, different things. Really like that. hard seeds, hips, mm-hmm. rose hips. Yeah, uh, funguses would be funguses. another one. Oh yeah, medicinal you know, if you're making tincture, yeah. and you, a lot of people would recommend, or with lichens, for example. Uh, because funguses are really good to, to hold on to their constituents, then you need to add heat to that. And that's really a deduction. And then yeah. you can let it cool and then add the alcohol. Yeah, actually, Dandy outlined for us in the article she wrote on medicinal mushrooms on the guest column on mm-hmm. the site, on the practical herbalist yeah. uh, method for using decoction yeah. to make a good mushroom tincture. And technically, we could add things like uh, broth. It, broth is basically oh. made in a deduction like yeah. you know you add your Makes your sense. starchier items to it you know, or your meat and then as you know it gets to a simmer and then you'd add your your lighter things like the thyme and the, makes sense yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah all right well thank you very much yeah thank you thank you for listening to real herbalism radio your hosts have been candace hunter and sue sierra lupe to find more information and recipes from today's show or to leave a comment or suggestion Visit us online at realherbalismradio.com. If you're feeling social, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thepracticalherbalist. Don't forget to look up our ebooks and herbal folios at amazon.com. Use the search terms practical herbalist. This show has been sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, purveyors of high-quality organic bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. You can visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. If you'd like to sponsor Real Herbalism Radio, just contact us through our website at realherbalismradio.com slash contact. Until next time, this is Patrick with Real Herbalism Radio and The Practical Herbalist.